Hi, and welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. This is Dr. Sadaf Lodi, and I would love for you to leave me a review of this podcast and also to share and like it and share it with your friends, see what they think and let me know. I would love to shout you out on social media. And also, I would love for you to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Sadaf OBGYN, as well as TikTok. I also have started a YouTube channel at Dr. Sadaf Intimacy Coach. I'd love for you to follow me on all of those channels. And most importantly, I'd love for you to become a patient. I am now accepting telehealth patients for sexual health as well as menopause health in New York and Michigan. So if you are a woman that is looking for a doctor that understands you and can actually take the time to listen to all of your concerns, reach out to me. Reach out at drsadaf at drsadaf.com. And I would love to see you as a patient. And now for the episode. I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Salaf Lodi, and this episode is everything you need to know about thyroid and stress and how that can affect intimacy and your love life. But before I get into it, the one thing I want to make very clear is that I am not giving any type of medical advice. So if you have any questions about your health, please speak with your friendly neighborhood health provider. And if you have any questions about your religion, please speak with your religious leader. And this is a Muslim sex podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman that talks about sex. So I am super excited to have on with me today, Dr. Dana Gibbs. Dr. Gibbs comes to us from Texas. Texas. Oh, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. Texas. So um, I will let Dr. Gibbs introduce herself. Sure. Hi. I'm happy to be here. I am Dana Gibbs. I'm an otolaryngologist. I know that's a weird place to come from, but um, I've been in private practice for about 24 years in uh, the North Texas area and just retired from my full-time ENT practice and I now have a boutique practice managing thyroid and hormones for stressed out patients. That is awesome. Awesome. So tell us more about that. How'd you get into thyroid and dealing with stress hormones, especially since you are an ENT? I guess you see the thyroid yeah. all the time you work with the thyroid, but tell me a little bit more about it. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of where it started. It started because one, I'm an ENT and I work with thyroid all the time. Um, but it also really started with my personal story. So I was a stressed out kid, a stressed out teenager. Um, and I almost gave up my dream of being a doctor, which I'd had since I was like, what, eight years old? I don't know, because I got so tired. I got so tired when I was in high school and then in college. Um, and I did end up going ahead and applying to med school because I couldn't think of anything else I really wanted to do. But, um, but I stayed tired and I really, really struggled with energy all through um, that time period. And I also just uh, struggled with depression and irregular periods and 
getting sick a lot. Like every time I would have a little break, I would get sick. And um, I just thought that was normal or maybe I was just lazy. I didn't know. Um, and it really wasn't until, um, boy, three or four years after I was out and I was in attending that I um, went to an allergy conference of all things. And there was somebody there talking about hormones and thyroid. And I, I was sitting in this lecture and my mouth fell open because every symptom they were talking about was me. I was cold all the time. I, I would be faint and low blood sugar. I would pass out frequently. I was exhausted. Um, my body temperature was low. I needed to sleep so much more than everybody else. Um, my periods were still irregular. And I just, you know, I, I just got sick a lot. I've been tested for allergies. They said, no, you don't have that. Um, they checked my TSH. They checked my thyroid hormones. They said, no, everything's fine. You're good. But then I went to this, this conference and the guy started talking about some people's TSH doesn't get abnormal. And I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. And so I tried the treatment he suggested and it worked for me. It was like a miracle. It's like, oh my gosh, this is what normal people feel like. Um, but I wasn't satisfied with his explanation of, well, you know, we just don't know how to do it. You just have to check your body temperature, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, that there's got to be a scientific explanation for that. And so I started looking um, and I finally found um, an integrative medicine specialist, and he was an ENT too, which was very interesting, who explained to me what was going on and how to measure it with labs and how to, how to adjust it to where it wasn't too much or too little, because there's a lot of problems with, you know, if you get too much thyroid hormone, you feel bad. If you get not enough, you feel bad. If the balance is wrong, you feel bad. Um, but anyway, so that's where it started. It started with that. But then um, it turns out there was a lot more to it. And um, it wasn't just thyroid. It was like, okay, where did the stress come in? Where did the stress come in to trigger the thyroid problems, if that's where they were triggered? Where did the stress come in to trigger the menstrual irregularities? Which I didn't, I just thought, oh, I just have that. I didn't realize there was a trigger for it. Well, there is. There's a trigger for it. Um, I didn't. I didn't realize any of that. But the more I interacted with this person, and um, he styles himself as just an integrative family doctor now, even though he was an ENT surgeon for a long, long time, and then an allergist. But um, there's just so much to it. And it turns out that the whole endocrine system is kind of balled up in this, um, of which your um, sex hormones are a big part of that. Your stress hormones are a big part of that. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I started getting interested in it. And then as I headed into menopause, which has been a few years now, I'm 58, no, 57, sorry. My memory is bad too. That's another one of those symptoms. Um, you know, as I started heading into menopause and having those symptoms, it was like, okay, how am I going to manage this? And he was actually the one that I turned to for the knowledge since he had explained all this other stuff to me. Mm, so, wow. That's where it came from.
Yeah. So can you, sir, for the listeners and the viewers out there that may not understand what you mean when you talk about um, sex hormones and the stress hormones and this and that, what exactly are you referring to and where do they come from in the brain? Okay. Well, so you were right. They, they come from the brain. So your brain signals to um, a part of your brain stem called the pituitary gland and the pituitary gland puts out a whole bunch of releasing hormones or or neurotropic hormones um, that go to your ovaries that go to your thyroid that go to your adrenal glands which are the stress hormone glands Mm -hmm. um, and tell them what to do and all of that stuff is very complex and it feeds back on itself so if one of them gets too high it can turn around and lower the other ones, which is what happens with with stress. Um, And stress is really interesting because your body can't tell the difference or your brain can't tell the difference from the kind of stress that's like war, famine, um, you know, slavery, those kind of things. It thinks those are the same as I'm worried I might have cancer or my husband and I had have a fight every week or um, I'm worried about money or I'm on a diet and I'm really restricting my calories. Your body sees though at getting sick, like having cancer, having um, pneumonia, having, Mm -hmm. you know, some sort of any sort of chronic illness or chronic pain, all of those things, your body reacts exactly the same to all of those things. Sure. And what happens is that your stress hormones go up and there are three stress hormones that we talk about. One of them is adrenaline, Mm -hmm. which everybody kind of knows what adrenaline is. That's that you nearly get in a car wreck on the freeway and (gasps) your heart starts pounding and your body flushes and your time, the time slows down all that. That's adrenaline. Um, But then the other, the other one that, that is big and important is something called cortisol and your adrenal glands make cortisol and if they make too much of it all the time, it turns around and feeds back on all the other hormones. And so it can mess your thyroid up in ways that are very subtle and are not found on the standard normal thyroid test that most doctors know to do. Um, it can also feed back on your um, estrogen and your um sex hormones to knock those down so for example um everybody's heard about star athletes who don't have periods anymore and it's you know it's kind of an overtraining syndrome but it's just that your body recognizes that as stress and it pumps up your cortisol and knocks down everything else one of the things that it knocks down is your thyroid guess what and it doesn't necessarily knock down the TSH or let the TSH rise. It can actually knock down the thyroid function without messing up the TSH. And so it looks like everything is fine when that's what's, um, when that's what's checked, but it might not be. And if you have those symptoms um, that I described, then that's something that needs a deeper look from your doctor. And there's, there's more hormones to check than just 
the free T4 and the TSH, which are the standard ones. Sure, sure. So just for people that don't know what TSH is, TSH means thyroid stimulating hormone. And that's typically the um, hormone that we check as physicians. When you go in and you're worried about your thyroid, we usually check like a TSH and a T4, that's a free T4. And mm -hmm. um, to usually check the thyroid function, but as Dr. Gibbs is saying, that sometimes it can come back normal and you can still have those symptoms. And then you can be what we call subclinical hypothyroid. So even though the lab function is not showing that you have low thyroid, but you're experiencing the symptoms, you may actually have it. And so you may benefit from some thyroid. Yes, that's exactly right. And um, the thyroid that you generally might benefit from might not be the normal levothyroxine or synthroid or um, any of the other brands that are that same um, hormone. It might be that you need um, a combination of uh, that plus um, the other thyroid hormone, which is the T3. And it gets quite complicated, and I don't necessarily think we have time to go into that. But just to know that those things can be off um, with your TSH looking completely normal is enough ammunition that it's like, well, you know, I should check into it and find a doctor who knows how to prescribe T3 and believes in it sure. and, um, and go get fixed. Um, yeah. So, so that's how that works. I think that, you know, I think that's very important. And for people that are, you know, listening or watching this online, I think it's really important to be able to advocate for yourself. And so if you have those symptoms that Dr. Gibbs spoke about, you know, like you're feeling tired all the time, um, you know, maybe your hair is falling out, you feel cold all the time, uh, you're gaining weight, you're depressed, you're not sure what's going on, you, you know, you're missing part of your eyebrow, um, yeah, this this outside corner of your eyebrow, if that hair has thinned and fallen out, then that's a really strong sign that there's something wrong with your thyroid. And then ridges on your fingernails is another one. And then grooves on the sides of your tongue where they where your teeth make an imprint. Those are three things that you can look for on your body and go, oh, okay, those are specifically off when thyroid is messed up. Interesting. Tell me a little bit about this ridges on your fingernails. So, boy, I still have them, actually. They never completely went away. Um, your, your thyroid gland is like the thermostat on your body, and it makes all of your cells function better. It, it drives your metabolism and one of the things that it drives is the growth of your hair and the growth of your fingernails. And so if they get um, thin and brittle and they get ridges run, running down them, then that means they're not being stimulated properly and they'll, they'll, look, they'll look like they have ridges. Wow. That's really interesting. Very important information. So then yeah. if somebody thinks they have something like that, would they go to their endocrinologist or would they go to an integrative medicine doc? Who would they go see for that? So some endocrinologists are now starting to pay more attention to the T3 and then the reverse T3, which is the blocker of, of T3. But more integrative doctors right now are really integrative and functional medicine doctors really are knowing more about um, these kind of newer and in a, in a 
innovative ways to think about thyroid. Um, so that's who I would recommend that people look for sure. somebody who does integrative medicine. Sure. So talk to me a little bit more about the chronic stress. I think mo most people have stress and some people have chronic yeah. stress. And, you know, you did mention a little bit about cortisol and which is a hormone that's released from the adrenal glands. Um, how does mm -hmm. that exactly impact, you know, what does stress do to that? Oh boy. Well, okay. So high cortisol, um, is something that happens when you're chronically stressed. I mean, your body needs cortisol to live. You have to have cortisol. It's not a bad, I, I don't want to make the wrong impression that cortisol is bad. You have to have it. If you don't, you, you can't live. But when you have chronic stress in your life, it can create some changes when cortisol is elevated. So cortisol um, is, you know, so if thyroid is, um, the the engine of the car then the you know the the cortisol is the gas pedal and it you know it pushes 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 um to gear you up to handle a chronic illness or to handle um basically some marathon where you run away from where you live to somewhere else i mean it's a very very primitive thing but um so cortisol drives your insulin levels everybody's heard of insulin um, insulin is what um, burns uh, your blood sugar and it dr cortisol drives you to be more insulin resistant, meaning it takes more insulin to push the sugar in your blood into your cells. And if you stay with high insulin levels, even if your blood sugar levels don't look nor abnormal, um, then you're going to gain weight and you're also going to have some um, follow on effects like depression, um, anxiety, um, and more fatigue. There's, um, uh, more heart disease. There's more, um, likelihood of developing cancers. There's all kinds of negative things that happen in your body when your insulin levels are prolonged. The other thing that chronic elevated cortisol does is it feeds back on your brain and it pushes down your thyroid mm -hmm. and you can, you could kind of think about this in the, okay. So say you're in a famine and you know, we're not in a famine of course, but we do go on diets all the time. So it's your body doesn't know the difference. Um, say you're in a famine or you're, you're highly dieting. Um, and your cortisol goes up. Um, your adrenaline goes up and your the, the signal that your body gets is, we're under attack, we have to conserve energy. So it knocks down your thyroid. So guess what happens? Then you, your metabolism slows down. And so that when you go back to eating the normal amount of calories, your metabolism is slower than it was before. And then you gain more weight. Um, and then all those other things that we said about low thyroid, those also happen. So those are kind of crummy. Um, but, you know, High cortisol, low thyroid also um, can be responsible for mood changes, which can make you feel hopeless and despondent and, and clinically depressed, which, boy, I'll tell you what, that's kind of one of the last things that I'm thinking about when I'm depressed is, is my sexual function. Um, the other thing that it does is it feeds back downward on those um, sex hormones in your brain, which are the ones that drive your, your ovaries to have normal periods and to um, 
to feel those um, desires and inclinations to want to um, have relations with your spouse. So there's just so much to it um, that's that's there. And in that chronic stress, you know, it's like, like I said, you can you can be just as worried. I mean, you can have just as much stress from worrying about a bad outcome as you can from actually having the bad outcome, which is, you know, unique to human beings. No other species um, can make themselves stressed out just by worrying about things. Yeah. Um, I think what you mentioned is, uh, is a really good point about the chronic stress and how that affects really everything in your body, right? So uh, yeah. what I find interesting is that you mentioned that the chronic stress can actually lead to feeling um, anxiety and depressed, and that makes sense. And it also affects your thyroid, right? So I guess all that negative feedback that the cortisol does, it affects more than just um, the ACTH in the brain, it'll also affect the right. thyroid and the other hormones coming from the pituitary, right? Yes, exactly. Because they're all being affected via the hypothalamus. So the hypothalamus affects the pituitary, exactly. which then affects the other, the organs that release those hormones. And so you're yeah. getting that negative feedback. Right. And that's, it's a conservation mechanism. It's like, okay, your body says, okay, we're under attack. So we have to raise the hormones that are essential for life. Sure. But the problem with that is that it competes with those other two. And it competes with the thyroid. It competes with the, with the reproductive hormones. And um, so they get downregulated. They get backseat. Um, and when that's been going on for long enough, when it's been going on for a really long time, your thyroid can actually kind of get, I mean, you know, we hear this, this, um, we hear this terminology bandied about adrenal fatigue mm -hmm. um, and doctors are like, Oh, adrenal fatigue doesn't exist. That's, that's fake, whatever. But truthfully, your, your adrenals can run out of raw materials to make enough of those hormones and begin really aggressively conserving. Um, and the first ones to get knocked off are the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. The next one that gets knocked off is something called aldosterone. And, you know, when I think back to my personal history, I think I had that because um, aldosterone is the hormone in your body that makes you retain water and salt in your bloodstream. So it keeps your blood pressure up. Well, I had pretty low blood pressure. I've always had pretty low blood pressure. But when I was in med school, I started fainting. My blood pressure gets so low, I would stand up, it would be early in the morning on rounds. I would just, I would just either have to sit down on the floor in the hallway or faint. Oh, God. And, you know, of course, I got ridiculed for it, which made my stress even worse. <laughs> so That's kind awful. of a mess. Yeah. But, but yeah, so just this, this idea that your adrenals steal from the other hormones, because they all come from the same raw materials, right? Um, and that you can replenish those raw materials. There's, there's two supplements that I recommend. And one of them is kind of like the nuts and bolts that are used to um, to put those hormones together. And, and that's something called um, bovine adrenal cortex. And it's something that's available as a supplement over the counter. Um, when you take it, you want to take it in the same rhythm that your body would use to make cortisol. So you don't want to take it 
middle of the day dinner time because that's when cortisol naturally goes down. I'm making a wave with my hand. Cortisol rises during the night and is actually at the very peak at about 6 a.m. when you first wake up in the morning. And it stays high through 9, 10, and then starts to fall. By lunchtime, it's down by half. By dinner time, it's kind of getting to its lowest. And then it goes up again um, as you're sleeping. So you want to take that hormone first thing in the morning so you get your boost of energy. It's not a hormone. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Um, it's a supplement. You take it in the morning as you're needing a boost of energy, and then you take it right as you're going to bed so that your adrenal glands have something to work with overnight while you're sleeping. Um, the next thing that can really help is another supplement called pregnenolone. And pregnenolone is one step after cholesterol. So, you know, this is this is a funny thing because everybody's all into lowering cholesterol but they don't realize you've got to have cholesterol to make these hormones in your body. If your body doesn't have enough cholesterol, then you have even less raw materials. So you can take, you know, you know, people don't just eat cholesterol anymore. I mean, that's kind of not something we do anymore, healthy diet and all that. But you can take this pregnenolone, which is one step to, closer to hormones. And that acts like, the steel parts that you're using to make the, that the factory is using to make the car rather than the nuts and bolts. But you need both in order to replenish the supply of what your um, adrenal glands need to make stress hormone. Mm. Um, when it comes to thyroid, you can help your thyroid out by taking mineral supplements. So there's a trace mineral supplement that has iodine, selenium, um, chromium, a couple of other ones that are helpful. Um, and then of course, zinc and magnesium and calcium, your body need those, need those anyway. But, um, is that in a supplement those, or is that, yeah, those are so, so, you know, calcium and mag and zinc are kind of a, you know, a twice daily high, higher dose, um, into the hundreds of milligrams, whereas the selenium and the iodine are micrograms, you know, like up. The, the most you would want to take in iodine would be about three to 500 micrograms. That's a very small amount. Um, and people whose thyroids are um, not healthy can actually take too much iodine and it'll really mess them up. So, um, so you have to be careful there, but not enough is also pretty common. So say if there's a, a patient that is experiencing all of the above, right? So they have issues with their mm -hmm. thyroid and all of a sudden, you know, they hear you on this podcast and they go, oh my God, I have these ridges on my nails that I, you know, have been trying to figure out where they're from and I couldn't figure it out. And maybe mm -hmm. I have subclinical hypothyroid and, you know, yeah. chronically stressed, um, you know, I'm an OBGYN. <laughs> delivering babies aren't we all yeah all doctors are chronically stressed but OBGYNs I think more than most <laughs> so where would where would somebody go to you know I mean um do you see patients or you know where does somebody go to get help with yes. all of these hormone support I mean I think adrenal fatigue sure. what you mentioned is definitely not spoken about very much at all. And I agree with you. I think it's, it's true. absolutely true. And that happens in chronic stress. Gosh, who doesn't have chronic stress, right? Mm -hmm. And 
you deal with that on a daily basis. And so you have all these things going on with your hormones and then you're going through menopause and perimenopause and you're trying to figure out what the heck, you know, is this part of my thyroid or is this part of my, (laughs) you know, my stress hormones? Is it my estrogen? Is it my progesterone? You know, so how do they figure out? Yeah. Well, a lot of times it's all of all of the above and you really do need a doctor who is well versed in this kind of thing um, to help you figure it out. And the, you know, if you find somebody who has an integrative medicine fellowship or who, um, you know, I think NAM certification is a good start if you're menopausal and you're having, um, you know, you're noticing, you know, your desire has fallen off, or you're just not as energetic as you used to be, or you're starting to have the menopausal symptoms, the hot flashes, the vaginal dryness, all that stuff, you can look on the NAMS website and find somebody who's NAM certified for that particular part of it. But the the thyroid information is a little less common. And you may have to really dig to find a doctor who knows how to do that kind of thing. Um, the Like I said, I mean, when I went looking and being a doctor myself, I went looking and I was told I was normal for a long, long time before I found somebody who could explain to me what was going on. And it was really by chance. But um, there are integrative psychiatrists if you're depressed um, and you have not gotten relief from the normal um, stuff that psychiatrists do. Um, there are, you know, integrative family medicine doctors, and then um, this new category of integrative endocrinologists. And actually, one of my um, one of my associates that has known that knows about this and is learning it is actually a rheumatologist. So it's not really a specialty across the board. There are lots of different uh, physicians who just on their own have gotten interested and you kind of just want to look like say if you looked at my website and it says um you know here are the kinds of conditions i treat and it's you know chronic fatigue and thyroid and hormone imbalances um so if you find somebody who says that and they are physician meaning they can prescribe pharmaceutical medications then you're in the right spot Mm. um one thing that I have noticed lately is there are a lot of um, people on the internet who are saying, oh, I can fix you. And then, you know, if you dig in, you find out they're a chiropractor yeah, or some other kind of, sure. of non-physician um, credential where they can't prescribe medications and they don't believe in prescribing um, pharmaceutical FDA approved medications. And it's just like, this is not this is not the right person. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and some of them really charge ridiculous amounts of money to, you know, prom- making these big promises of, Oh, I can get you to lose your weight and blah, blah. Well, I, you know, if your thyroid is messed up, it's not going to happen because you'll never have the energy to do it. Right. 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 So tell me where, um, where can the viewers find you? How can they get in touch with you? I mean, you, you know a lot and you can help them with their adrenals and their thyroid. So tell me, how can they reach out to you? Sure. So right now, um, I am licensed in Texas and my practice is, um, in person and telemedicine in in Texas, you have to have an in-person visit to establish a relationship before you can do telemedicine. 
Um, but I am starting to work on getting licensed in other states. But my website is danagibbsmd.com. And I'm on the social, on the, all the socials at, at danagibbsmd.com. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's my, my link tree is, is um, at danagibbsmd.com. That's fantastic. Well, I think that, you know, it was so important to hear about this. And I think that we definitely, even as physicians, right, we we definitely don't talk about subclinical hypothyroid and how it can be, how it plays such a huge role in people's lives. And, you know, you go, you're going through life and you're experiencing all these symptoms and nobody can really help you because they just are not digging below the surface and really not finding out what's right. going on. And then you think there's something wrong with you. Then you're like, gosh, you know, what's wrong with me? And nobody can figure out why I'm going through it. Exactly. All these symptoms, you know, and, um, yeah. and then that, of course, you know, your hypothyroid is going to affect how you feel and, you know, make you feel depressed. And then when you think there's something wrong with you, that's going to even add more to your symptoms of being depressed and thinking that yeah because then you're stressed out worrying about what's wrong with you exactly yeah and you know chronic stress yeah exactly well i mean in my case the chronic stress started you know really early and i was not aware that i that what i felt wasn't wasn't normal i wasn't even aware yeah for years and years and years i just thought well this is the way it is yeah um so that's that's really i don't know when i think back to it i'm really shocked yeah that um that i went that long because i mean i went 20 years like yeah that's crazy and i'm so glad that you're out here now teaching others because this is this is so important this is so so important. yeah yeah oh so that's another thing that i want to mention so um i just got finished the uh the the fellow who's my mentor who's dr alan mcdaniel just got finished giving a 10 week um, seminar. Um, so we, we met every Sunday for 10 weeks and he gave a 10 week seminar and he went through all of the endocrine systems. So that is available um, online. And then we're going to do the course live again in the fall. That's, and that's- I am the host and um, proctor of that. But he's the brains behind it yeah, that's fantastic well thank you and and will that be on your website so if people go on there they can take yes it. okay yes it will absolutely Perfect. be absolutely on there. well thank you thank you thank you dr gibbs this was fantastic and i think it's so important for people to realize that one first and foremost there is hope and that yeah, there is a treatment and that there it's not just all in their head but that you know clinically no. there is something wrong and so when you are get the proper treatment, then, you know, you can feel better and that there is, there's ways around this. So this is fantastic. And also important to know about adrenal fatigue. I think I agree with you hundred percent. It's hundred percent real and it happens. And it's important to know what the symptoms are, know what are possible treatments and to go to a clinician that feels comfortable treating that and can give you right. some support and some resources on how better to be assessed and also be treated. So thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, you really have to be your own advocate as far as that goes and and keep digging and looking for um, 
somebody who knows um, these integrative yeah. techniques. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Gibbs. It was such a pleasure to have you on. And well, we are done here and it's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be any type of medical advice. So if you are having issues with your thyroid or chronic stress or fatigue, please go and see your healthcare provider so that they can better assess you and treat you. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. So thank you for listening to the podcast and make sure you leave us a review, share and like the podcast. And if you leave me a review, I'd love to shout you out on social media. So be sure that you share it with all your friends. And thanks for listening.